0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Sunday, March 5th. It's been quite a day. We've really been focusing on the future, on the nature of communications, And on, of course, technology, the ubiquity of technology today, we've talked with a a Paris-based author, uh, Ashley Reconati, uh, the author of AI Battle Royale, about the way in which uh, AI is going to undermine most of our labor, particularly writers, journalists, who knows if they can even survive. Then we Talk to one of the few journalists, perhaps, who still has a job, Liz Hoffman. Uh, She used to work at the Wall Street Journal. She's just written a book called Crash Landing about the nature of the COVID crisis in economic terms. Uh, She works for a new news organization called Semaphore, which is focusing in a a most um, futuristic way on the transparency of news, on the global perspectives and on the distillation of views. It's not the kind of language that is normally associated with newspapers. And then uh, last, but perhaps uh, least, we talked to Chris Shipley, the author of the empathy advantage, who explained to us that leaders, whether they're journalists or editors or corporate leaders need to lack to talk in the language of empathy. Um, finally today we are returning to the old world with my guest uh, lance morrow the noise of typewriters remembering journalists uh, remembering journalism it's his memoirs lance morrow is one of america's most distinguished celebrated journalists um and he i hope won't talk about empathy or ai he will talk instead about the noise of typewriters. In fact, uh, he isn't even on a computer. He's on his cell phone uh, because he lost his uh, internet connection somewhere upstate New York, and he's joining us. Uh, Welcome, Lance, uh, for our audience. If there's a little bit of audio and video uh, uncertainty, you have to put up with it. Lance, um, congratulations on the new book. Tell me what the noise of typewriters sounds like
1: well in the newsroom and uh, when I was uh, in newspapers or in in magazines it had a different uh, setup but yeah the the noise of typewriters, which had to do with newspapers, had say a clattering uh, it's. I try to describe it. It's. It's a noisier business by far than than uh, computer keyboard. Each typewriter had a slightly different noise that it made. Uh, a distinctive clattering uh, uh, sound. I was on, on a newspaper down in Sydney, and I was was down visiting his room. And I was appalled to find that the uh, the newsroom sounded like an insurance, so soft and hushed and muted in its in its atmosphere. And newspapers, a long time ago, which is where I started before I went into magazines, was tremendous, especially as you accelerated toward deadline, and you had people, you know, copy. And, and uh, the, but the the type would be clattering to a crescendo right, right on the deadline, and so it was a very distinctive sound. It, it, it was uh, I remember uh, used to dictate toward the end of his life, dictated to a um, stenographer or a, or a, a typist rather, uh, and. Accustomed to the sound of his own own typewriter, that when it broke, and he, you know, in order to uh, uh, to continue, uh, very disconcerted, he missed the distinctive noise of of his own typewriter. It's a very interesting uh,
0: machine. Lawrence, one of the reviews of your your memoir says that it's a portrait of the golden age of journalism, but might we instead describe it as the golden acoustic of journalism? Why is the sound of the noise of typewriters so warming and so significant in terms of the news? McLuhan, of course, wrote about the medium as the message. Is the tactile nature, the traditional tactile nature of typewritten news is in that sense the medium also the message
1: you're getting into a metaphysics that is, that is uh it, the the there is certainly the fact that uh being uh, on paper and it was a machine it was a purely mechanical thing i couldn't theatrical typewriters i didn't like those at all but um it's, it is a very, uh, so to speak metaphysics uh, from a computer is is a different realm. It takes you. It's it's uh, a remove or two from in uh, in some sense that uh, uh, so the much more basic. Uh, about about a typewriter uh, and uh, well, too much on the typewriter is except in so far as they uh, suggest to me the borderline the the uh, the and the age we are in now and the coming of the of the laptops the parsing of this business. The uh, typewriters, like of the, the um, of the age of the old journalism, and the computers uh, with the, all the elections and all of that, become uh, uh, something to take us in. So, if you like, it is it is certainly is in many ways a. a, a and, and, a, and it is certainly a different way of doing things, of understanding the truth, approaching the tr- truth. Uh, in small ways, uh, the, uh, the business of and so on is considerably altered by the coming of the internet, um, the instruments, uh, the uh computers
0: and, and all of that. So it, it is it, Lance, it, um is I hope everyone who, who who is um listening or watching will have the opportunity uh to, to read your new book, The Noise of Typewriters, but not everyone will be familiar with you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you came from a very distinguished family and you knew many of America's most distinguished, sometimes most notor- notorious journalists. Uh, tell me an overview of your life. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to the last few years.
1: Well, my, I, I grew up uh, the, when, they were, when they were younger. My father was a, a reporter for the uh, Philadelphia He became an editor of the old Saturday Evening Post in the days when Maggie Post Amounted to a, a, a very great deal, of important influence. My I'm syndicated columnist in Washington, um, I, I was a Washington Star, which is long, long since extinct. Uh, uh, then I went to Time, Mem, Man for many, many years, uh, for forty years, and uh, and writing and columns for the for the Wall Street Journal. And for City Journal, so uh, I've been I've been around for an awfully long. Time. Is it, it a luck-
0: fulfilling? Uh, do you feel that uh, it it it's been a fulfilling life, um, Lance? If you were to start all over again, would you choose to be a journalist? Was it worth it? Um,
1: I, I, it's been a very lucky life for me. It's paid. Uh, to think, think and write and talk about things uh, uh, that were fascinating to, to me. And, and it wasn't all, uh, I was very lucky. And I, I, had, I had Time Magazine at, at a very good point in, in the career of Time Magazine, which is now one, but um, I was able to, uh, to write and to think, and so on, fascinated me. Would I become a journalist again? Uh, I think I was the family business, um, but it's been it's been terrific, um, and so I've I've enjoyed it a lot. And and uh, I think there are more books. I wish I had uh, uh, done done more in that that line, but I've. Um, uh, I, I probably I probably would have become a journalist again. This is one of the things that I talk, talk about in my book. Journalism today is really is, is from what it was. And uh, what has happened,
0: uh, um, Lance, in your view, to journalism today? Journalists used to be the most respected. Men, mostly men, but some women um, in America. You write about John Hersey, you write about Norman Mailer, Joan Didion, Henry Luce. Um, Today, no one trusts journalists. Carl Bernstein, of course, uh, Walter Isaacson, who's been on this show before. You work with him at Time. He, in fact, introduced you to computer technology. Why are journalists now so much less trusted? Why do we look at them with skepticism? Why? Do many people actually hate journalists?
1: Well, the politics, of course, has become um, and journalism has has gotten in far too much advocacy. Uh, journalists have become <clears throat> inclined and to um, forget about, to abandon uh, activity. Everyone knows that perfect objectivity is impossible to achieve. I believe that journalists should always try for it. Uh, The the thing that you're getting at uh, is the breakdown of authority hierarchies of um, journalistic organizations and a loss of confidence in the leadership and and an inclination to Different uh, uh, the, the politics, and and that's seen dramatically at places like the New York Times. Um, it's a it's a different world and a different politics. American politics, of course, is 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 it become more in, intensely uh, fragmented. So have the media uh, in in the two the two relationship. Um, the uh, um, media, the dynamics of careers and career journalism have changed a great deal. So you have people actually be awarded for. Um, Outrageousness, or inaccuracy, or performance—if it—if it becomes too much of a, then uh, you stop doing journalism,
0: and, and you're simply performing. And uh, Lance, oh, yeah, I, I take your points on everything changing, but on the other hand, some things haven't changed. Newspapers are still owned by very wealthy families. The headlines this week are about Rupert Murdoch. Agonizing over Trump's loss, um, telling lies uh, about whether or not he really lost. There's also headlines about Jeff Bezos planning perhaps to sell the Washington Post. Newspapers remain uh, the trophy wives of, of, of wealthy men like Rupert Murdoch and Jeff Bezos. W- why, why do they still attract um, why- titans? I, I'm sorry. Why do they still attract, uh, you know, a Jeff Bezos who's worth many billions of dollars? Why would he waste his time buying the Washington Post?
1: I would, I would think it's a, it's a, it has to do, a, it has to do with um, having a voice, having a presence. It seems to be an attractive idea to um, a, to have a. Um, a, a presence, a media. Presence. Um, I've seen that for a long time, but um, it. They they find, however, I think that it's a difficult horse to ride, and they're out of control, and and uh, they might, might get a little bored with it after a while. Of course, yeah, murder- like,
0: yeah. I mean, certainly they get bored like uh, with their 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 spouses. Um, we talked a little bit about artificial intelligence. Emily Bell, who runs the digital journalism school at Columbia, has a news piece out on why chat GPT, which is uh, the new rage in Silicon Valley, could be disastrous for truth in journalism. Are you fearful, Lance, of AI replacing smart machines, replacing journalism? A lot of people believe that, uh, that, that, that the algorithm can write stories of similar quality to most journalists is that conceivable in your mind you bet
1: i'm i'm, I'm very, very worried uh, uh it, it it's <clears throat> it's incalculable what, uh, chat gpt means uh, or how how it's going to um, play out i think it's extremely concerning and uh we'll have to see it. um it, it is very ominous and i'm not as sanguine about it and think that it's well it's it's uh, everybody is wary of, of innovation but it, eventually they get used to it and it's uh, I, I think it's going to profoundly change the whole business of um of in- gathering and news um processing and uh, I'm, I am very concerned. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but I think it's very
0: Well, um, Lance, we're having a few audio problems here, so let's end um, with your book. Uh, you, you tell a wonderful story. I'm not sure it's a wonderful story, a, a chilling story in some ways around this woman that I'd never heard of, Mary Anna Pinshot Meyer, uh, you were a young reporter, and you didn't discover her body, but you saw her body. Tell me a little bit about this anecdote and what it tells us about remembering journalism and the noise of typewriters.
1: Well, her name, her name was Mary Pinchot Miles. Uh, she was murdered on the canal, canal towpath in Georgetown um, in, in October of nine. 19- I happened to be uh, covering police and- that day for a friend, but, uh, I was there with her body for about fifteen minutes on the canal tow there before anybody else, essentially. And the, the cops had gone quite a distance to uh, hunt for the for the killer who was still at large. Nobody knew who she was at the time, but it turned out that she had these extraordinary. Ex-husband Cord Meyer was very, very high in the CIA. Uh, she had all sorts of relations with. Uh, she was a brother and no, rather a sister, Mr. Ben Bradley, who became legendary later in the Watergate case. Uh, she was most extraordinarily. She was uh, John Kennedy's mistress and uh, lover, and. Uh, uh, she was murdered there. On the whom they arrested and was acquitted, but her her death gave uh, any number of conspiracy theories. Uh, a lot of people adopted the theory by the CIA in order to shut her up about presumably nation But uh, it it taught me it was a very vivid. Idea. I devote a chapter to it in the book. Um, it it taught the, the um, about conspiracy theories and about the also about the difficulty of really knowing the truth of something as as, as that particular murder. I I think, I think the guy murdered her. Whom scene? Uh, it, it took a few hours. but what they got him. Uh, down in the woods near the scene. I, but if I'd been on the jury, I would have voted to acquit on the basis of never found the gun and, and the eyewitnesses were too far away. But um, it was a, it, I, I was very young and, and it was, a, it was uh, an encounter with uh, all kinds, Kinds of the, the, the conspiracy theories and ideas of, and how uh, a story may become in as I uh, uh, the if you talk about the internet and the the uh, the the story becomes more fantastic. Uh, Processed by conspiratorial in this electronic, global electronic um, atmosphere. It was a very interesting, strange episode of my my youth, which is included in in the book.
0: Actually, finally, let's just very briefly talk about John Hershey. Um, We did a show uh, with... um with Leslie Bloom, who has a new book, an excellent book, book, Fallout, the Hiroshima cover-up and the reporter who revealed it to the world. It's a book about Hershey in in many ways. It's always been uh, thought that his New Yorker piece on Hiroshima was a brilliant piece of journalism. You're a little bit more ambivalent. What, in your view, is the model for great journalism? What do you suggest in the noise of typewriters? Why, why, why are you a little hesitant on on Hershey and Hershey? And f- for you, who is uh, the the most distinguished American journalist, of or at least who you worked with in the twentieth century?
1: Well, I'm I'm a little skeptical of I, I admire uh, Hershey's work, and I admire Hershey. I never knew him, but. Uh, I'm skeptical about him because, well, I I think it is a a fine piece of work on its own. Uh, Nevertheless, I think he he left a lot out. Kind of, it's a bit of a setup. Um, I would would take it's 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 a very artful job that has an almost religious uh if but, but uh he left a lot out and, and he left, left a lot of perspectives out the great carl Bernstein is is a very close friend of mine and, and has been for six because we were kids together on the washington star uh i've known a number of wonderful journalists uh, uh, over the years, um, Carl is certainly the most of the bunch, but uh, there have been a, there have been a lot from that uh, in, the, in the book about Mary McGrory, who, who was a great favorite of mine. And at the time, I I, I imagine that most of your audience does not know who she was. Uh,
0: well, uh, I'll have to they, read your book. Uh, f- finally, finally, yeah. Lance, and this is a final because I know you've got to go, and the the technology here isn't so great. Are are there any young journalists you still read these days? I mean, we, I assume you still read the newspaper. Are there are there younger journalists who you who you yeah, think, think
1: they're, maintain they're, they're the tradition
0: of, of the noise of typewriters, even if they're not physically using the typewriter?
1: Oh, oh absolutely. I think they're they're. Um... There are a lot of good journalists in down in Sydney. Is a terrific journalist. He's uh, the national political editor of the uh, Daily Telegraph down in, in in Sydney, and he he does a couple of television. Uh there are a lot a lot of war correspondents who are doing distinguished work in. uh, uh Dexter Filkins, he's, he's not, mm. he's he's not a kid anymore. Uh, War correspondent. So I think there's a lot of good journalism going. To idealize. I don't idealize the old old journalism all that much. I mean, I like points, and it had a, it's great characters, a lot of whom I talk about. But sorry, I'd about the era that I came from. There were plenty of things wrong with the, the way journalism was done when. <laughs> when I was younger. So I think there are plenty of journalism and, and great journalists now, but they've the been corrupted by uh, politics, uh, money, by uh, a, a race to for celebrity and, and, and that kind of thing. So that you find uh, good journalism uh, will sometimes uh, defer to uh, performance journalism and performance, especially, the, you know, on, on that kind of thing. So um, it's, it's a different, it, it's a different, still plenty of good stuff going on.